we talk Dallas Cowboys football, we do it with John Machota from The Athletic. John, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, let's dive in. I guess first question is uh, what everybody's thinking. Uh, what did Dak look like uh, in, uh, in your thoughts about uh, his work uh, in the first couple of days of OTAs? Yeah, from what we got to see yesterday, I guess the best way to describe it is if you didn't know that he had suffered the gruesome right ankle injury last October against the Giants, you wouldn't have known it by watching what he did in those OTA practices. I mean, just uh, he started out with where he was kind of working off on the sides when the rest of the team was warming up. And so I was kind of thinking, okay, well, then he's not going to do very much. Well, that was just he's added a, a new kind of his own personal warm up. Uh, just because he wants his ankle to be fully uh, warmed up and, and ready to go whenever before he does anything. And it sounds like, from what he said afterwards, that he's going to go through this new routine from now on uh, just because he likes, you know, the feeling of it, knowing that, he, you know, he has 100% confidence in the ankle. But in terms of the work he did, I mean, he did everything that he would normally do except for the team drill portion when there's a defensive line out there. And that's just because, you know, even though it's a lot of walkthrough stuff, you know, the guys are still running. They're still going after each other. And all it takes is some guy tripping and, and, and a defensive lineman rolls into his ankle or an offensive lineman falls back into his ankle. So they didn't have him doing that, which was the plan all along. He's not supposed to take part in that until training camp starts. Um, but, I mean, he was running on the move, throwing on the move, throwing, you know, doing all the drills that all the quarterbacks were doing, that they, the different agility drills, things they do where they, uh, you know, run around uh, bags and run over bags while, while, you know, keeping their head up and throwing in the nets and things like that. Like, and it never at all seemed like he was favoring that right ankle. It, it, never, it never appeared that he had difficulty pushing off of it. I mean, he just it looked pretty smooth. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think he would say he's 100% quite yet. Um, he continues to say he could play in a game if he had you right now, but I think he's just fine with the fact that they don't have to play in a game until September. Uh, but yeah, just the best way I can describe it is if you just went out there and you didn't watch the NFL at all last season, you never would have thought that this guy's coming back from an injury. I, I know Mike uh, McCarthy has said he feels like that uh, Dak is ahead of the game, but it, it, you mentioned training camp. Is that the next big test for, for Dak Prescott, in your opinion? Yeah, it really is. Um, what I saw yesterday, I anticipate being the same that he's going to do next week when we have uh, OTA availability, and then the following week when we get to go to uh, their mandatory minicamp. Uh, that just this has been the plan all along, and with what he does in the seven-on-seven work, and, and it's really kind of eleven-on-seven because really what it is is that they have the offensive line out there, just they don't put out the defensive line. So basically, the ball snap, the offensive line, and get back in their set. And but they're not really actually blocking anybody. They just hold, and then you know Dak can still moves around in the pocket and does things like that. And he's still finding covered receivers down the field and doing the normal stuff he would do. Just he doesn't have an actual pass rush coming at him. But in terms of all the individual stuff, and that I mean he he took he took all the first reps that you would expect him to uh, in a normal off season at this time. So it's really it's really just the precaution of it is that they just don't want an accidental you know, guy rolling into him or, or, or something like that or someone diving on the ground and accidentally, you know, tripping him up and then he suffers a setback and it's like, well, why why are we even doing this? This makes no sense, you know. Uh, how far is this team going without Dak Prescott? So uh, I think they're playing it smart right now and then it gives you the chance that when they open up training camp that then you can start doing that stuff. But even then, even when they get to training camp, I don't think he's going to necessarily be doing every single thing every single day. I think they're going to slowly bring him along you know, he's not going to play a ton in the preseason. There's no reason to, especially now that they moved to 17 games regular season. I mean, I think that everything is on track and he should be ready to go fully healthy week one. And that's at the end of the day, all that matters.
You mentioned the 17th game right there. What's the overall mindset for these players and the staff about having that extra game at the end of the year? Yeah, it's interesting with this team because, you know, they also got that Hall of Fame game, so they have an extra preseason game. And so because of that, they're only doing six OTA practices uh, this year. Instead of, you know, in previous years they've done nine. Uh, they're trying to ramp back. I mean, they're trying to move back a little bit on, on some of that stuff, just uh, being mindful of the workload. As you guys know, there's several NFL teams that aren't even participating and players aren't participating in anything voluntary. They're only going to be there for the mandatory minicamp. So Cowboys had full attendance uh, so far for OTA. So, you know, they're one of the few teams that has. And so they're, they're, they're being very deliberate with the, with the process. But, yeah, having that extra game, I mean, it's just one of those things that every team has to deal with. And this just happens to be the year where the Cowboys extra game is, is a road game and it'll be uh, at New England. So, obviously, that's not going to be – some type of a layup, but it just, it's what you got to deal with. And, and I, I find it hard to believe that any NFL player that's been in the league for at least a couple of years would be surprised that it was moving to 17 games. I mean, I, I don't think anybody should be surprised if it moves to 18 games in a few years right. and they only play two preseason games. So M-O-N-E-Y, I, I right, John? What's that? It's all about M-O-N-E-Y, isn't it? Absolutely. John, what, where's Blake Jarwin at right now is with his recovery from that ACL? You know, I was a little surprised that Blake didn't do anything uh, yesterday, um, but they're very, they're being very cautious uh, with him. You know, we got to see him a, a little bit out on the practice field at the end of the regular season because so he suffered that ACL tear in the season in the first half of the season opener against the Rams, and so you know he was able to have surgery uh, and then start his rehab. And so I think that just with him, they're being very, very cautious that they don't want him. I mean, because remember. This injury that he suffered, uh, this torn ACL in his, his right knee, is on a play against the Rams where nobody touches him. It's just he plants and he and he pushes off the turf and immediately goes down and grabs the back of his of his right knee. It's just one of those where, you know, if you've watched sports long enough, you know that those are probably the worst whenever the guy isn't touched and goes down. And so I think they're just being as cautious as possible uh, with that. So he worked off to the side with um, athletic trainers. But he said yesterday that his plan is, and he expects to be a full go for the start of training camp. So, uh, you know, if that's the case, I, I see him moving right back in with the first team. If not, then that job will belong to Dalton Schultz. And after seeing what he did last year, he's certainly capable uh, of being the team's number one tight end if, if he needs to be. John, uh, obviously uh... – limited in what you were able to see and it's limited in what they're doing in the OTAs but what among the young guys that the Cowboys uh have uh, have drafted did did anybody kind of jump off the page and you went wow uh didn't see that coming you know I don't think anybody would say that they saw any of that yesterday and the reason why I'm saying this is because you could tell the plan that Mike McCarthy had in place was to have any have the veterans get on the first work and have the, the rookies working behind them because like you look at a Micah Parsons that you draft him 12th overall you're not drafting 12th overall to kind of maybe let him be a backup linebacker his first year and play some special teams I mean he's getting out on the field but when they were putting in the linebackers they you know the first group was Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith and then <laughs> they went in they went into some nickel stuff and Keanu Neal came in and played on the weak side and then Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons worked in behind them. And it was the same thing at corner with the second-round pick, Calvin Joseph. He was not out there with the first group. It ended up being Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs on the outside, and Jordan Lewis in the slot. And so I, I think that's all just part of the plan because, as Mike McCarthy said after, they're putting a lot on these rookies' plates. And, I mean, this is a big difference from what they were doing in college. So uh, because of that, no, there was no there was no rookies that I think anybody could say, oh, yeah, you know, this guy really stood out, not, not in – 
not in that setting that, that we saw yesterday. And you mentioned Neil there. Is, is that the game plan this year for him, is to use him primarily at the linebacker instead of the safety position? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, he said that he played that a little bit in high school. And, and you know, once he went to Florida, he, he was a safety. And then, you know, his last five years in Atlanta, he's been a safety. And uh, he just, you know, he's, he's very familiar with, with Dan Quinn from his time in Atlanta. And Dan Quinn is one of the guys that recruited him to go to Florida. Uh, before Dan Quinn left and went to went to Seattle, and so they have a very good relationship, and he trusts that Dan knows how to use him in the best way in, in this scheme. And so, uh, it's funny because the rosters that they you know that they hand out as we go down to the field, you know, to take attendance and stuff like that, they have him listed as a safety. But from everything Dan Quinn said and Mike McCarthy said and everything I saw yesterday, he's certainly a weak side linebacker. And he even said that he was weighing 217 last year. He's going to get up to at least 222 uh, now for this role and I think where you're going to see him the most is that on those like third downs and, and in long passing situations on second down he's going to be a guy they bring in to cover tight ends running backs out of the backfield and and uh you know be, a, be one of those type of linebackers that you need in today's football where they have to be able to defend in the, in the passing game because that's the way this game's become so is there any number in particular that you would ever pay a five hundred thousand dollars to switch to you know what it all comes down to is just whatever my salary was go. to begin with. And, and, I, and honestly, if I was making Jalen Smith money, no. And I mean, Jalen Smith, I think I don't have the number with me exactly. I believe on his last, when he signed the deal two years ago, I think it, I think he got thirteen million up front, like guaranteed right off the you know that day. Um, and he's one of the highest paid linebackers, so I know when people look at the numbers, they'll be like, yeah, he's a millionaire, he's fine, he can do whatever. Um, if I was Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott or one of these quarterbacks, yeah, but. Uh, no, if I was Jalen Smith, I would just wait till next year and then just get to change over the number for free. But it, it is an interesting thing because it, it's not like he's the only guy that's making this switch this year. And it just shows you that, you know, how important things like that are to players. And for a guy like Jalen Smith who played his best ball in college and high school wearing the number nine, who knows? Maybe it's a psychological thing that, you know, he just really wanted to get, get moved back. To, I mean, it, it looks different. I mean, seeing him running around there yesterday, I mean, I mean, it reminded me of him at Notre Dame, you know, right. but. Um, it just, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, but to answer your question, no, absolutely not. I would not, yeah, no, no. Is that, so is he going to be the leader or who do you expect to step up and become the leader of this defense? You know, that's a great question. Cause I've been thinking about that. Which, I mean, just even the linebackers in general, because I feel like most people look at traditionally throughout football, you know, like that Mike linebacker, one of the, you know, the big time playmaking linebacker is kind of like the leader of the defense. And, and I really don't know who that, who that's going to be. I mean, as of right now, I would say, the leader, you know, generally has to be your best player. And so to me, that's still DeMarcus Lawrence. So on this defense, I look at him to be, you know, to me, he's the face of the defense. He's the highest paid player in the defense. He's the most valuable player in the defense. He's their best defensive player. So in terms of the entire unit, I would say it's him. But, you know, that linebacker crew, I, I kind of want, I kind of think, I mean, it's still very early. We only got to talk to him once, but man, uh, it could be a group thing, but I think Keanu Neal is going to work in the mix. It just uh, he, he just just the way he carries himself in that. It's it just a real it seems like a real pros pro. He obviously knows what Dan Quinn likes. Dan Quinn is going to feel comfortable using him in different roles because he knows exactly what he can do. Uh, so I wouldn't sleep on him. And then obviously, if Leighton Vanderash is healthy and Jalen Smith's playing well, those guys obviously you know those they jump right to the front as well. Hey John, what do you uh, what what can we read in the uh, in the athletic? What do you got for us? Yeah, so off of yesterday's practice, I went. I pretty much I stayed up way too late last night, and so instead of writing a bunch of different articles throughout the week, I just put up 
my, my 20 biggest observations. It's like 4,000 words, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a quick 4,000 <laughs> words to read. Get in there, check that out. It, it, I mean, if you missed anything or that anybody has been talking about from OTAs, it, it covers everything in there. I just put it up this morning. Hey, I, I read it this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks. John, uh, as always, we appreciate your time. Have a great day. You too, guys. Thanks for having me on. Talk to